G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, it is the first time this year we're having the opportunity to catch up with Ron Ross, who has been monitoring the headlines as they have been breaking overnight, all to do with Israel and the Middle East. So a special welcome back to 2020 for 2018 to you, Ron Ross. Happy New Year to you and our listeners. (laughs) Ron, let's start with something that is pretty significant. Reports now coming out and being reported in magazines about Israel and some of their strategy and the idea of uh, a diplomatic triumph, forging friendships and bonds with nations around the world. Yeah, this is very exciting. This is from the Mosaic Network. Uh, They're a uh, Jewish think tank. And in their report, they say from West Africa to Australia... And from France to Colombia, the Jewish state has managed over the past year to improve its ties with friendly nations and forge new bonds with countries that had once been hostile or at least chilly. Benjamin Netanyahu's official visit to India and the American recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital are but the most recent such developments. The example of Singapore was then presented. They said in the past, the robust relationship between Israel and Singapore was formed by the security sector and was predominantly conducted in secret. IDF officers, under the guise of Mexican instructors, were involved in building the small island nation's ability to defend itself since its earliest days. Israel President Chaim Herzog's visit in 1986 nearly sparked a military confrontation between Singapore and its Muslim neighbour, Malaysia. Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin's visit in 1993 was abrupt and unofficial. By contrast, the Israeli President Reuven Rivlin's participation in the 2015 funeral of Singapore's founding father Lee Kuan Yew, one of the greatest statesmen of the previous century, raised no objections. In April of 2016, Lee's son, who today serves as Prime Minister, came to Israel for a visit that was the first of its kind. He even publicly addressed the issue of security assistance and the depth of the ties between the two countries. This new and overt stage in the relations between the two countries manifested itself by the time Netanyahu made his visit to Singapore. The emerging transformation of attitudes towards Israel is founded first and foremost on an ever-widening recognition of the nature and severity of the common strategic challenge which totalitarian Islamism poses to many of the world's countries. I find this very interesting because I can see uh, changes in the Middle East where Arab nations are coming closer and closer to Israel as a partner in their fight against Iran. And uh, it's very interesting to watch this 
uh, taking place before our very eyes. Well, border protection, one of those important issues for Israel, and given, as you say, Ron, uh, lots of enemies that would surround Israel and a uh, focus on Iran, but let's talk about the Hezbollah group, which is just to the north of Israel, uh, across the Lebanese border. They're threatening an attack if Israel doesn't stop a barrier wall construction along the Lebanese border. Yeah, the barrier wall aimed at preventing Hezbollah terrorists from infiltrating into Israeli territory has been under construction for several years. However, Hezbollah only recently expressed its outrage towards the obstacle. The message exchange began when Hezbollah contacted the United Nations Interim Force in Lebanon in order to say that the terrorist organization will not accept the actions being taken over the border. Fearing potential military escalation, UNIFEL sent Hezbollah's communication to the U.S. and British embassies, who then relayed the message to the Israeli Prime Minister's office. In response, Jerusalem sent its own threatening message, making it very clear that Israel is operating within its own sovereign territory in accordance with the UN Security Council resolution that was approved after the IDF completely withdrew from Lebanon in 2000. According to sources in Israel, Hezbollah will pay a heavy price if it attempts to escalate tensions in the area. And uh, the head of the IDF uh, was a no-nonsense commentator on the issue. Ron, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has been doing a lot of travelling, especially over this past 12 months. Looks like that's continuing. He's meeting in Moscow with Vladimir Putin. Yes, he left yesterday and prior to his departure, the Israeli Prime Minister said his meeting would focus on enhanced security coordination between the IDF and the Russian military forces amid Iran's unending efforts to militarily entrench itself in Syria. Jerusalem and Moscow created a deconfiction mechanism in Syria after Russia's 2015 intervention in the country in order to prevent any unwarranted military encounters. Israeli jets are active in Syrian airspace and on many occasions have conducted operations in order to uphold Israel's so-called red lines, namely to prevent the transfer of advanced weaponry to Iranian proxy Hezbollah, and increasingly to thwart attempts by Tehran to establish a permanent presence in Syria. To this end, Netanyahu also has repeatedly pressed Putin to create a buffer zone of up to 30 miles along the Israeli border in which some 80,000 Iranian-controlled Shiite fighters would be barred from operating. Ron, there's always tensions between Israel and the Palestinian Authority, but the Palestinian Authority PM Rami Hamdallah is set to meet with the Israeli Finance Minister Kahlon on Sunday. Yeah, this is a plan to break the boycott against the meetings which have been uh, imposed by Mahmoud Abbas. Uh, This is to try and avert a financial crisis for the Palestinian Authority. It will be the first meeting between senior Israeli and Palestinian officials since U.S. President Donald Trump's December 6 announcement that he would recognize Jerusalem as Israel's capital and relocate the United States Embassy there from Tel Aviv. Since then, Palestinian Authority Chairman Abbas has been boycotting officials of both Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Trump's administrations. 
the Palestinians refused to talk with U.S. Vice President Mike Pence during his visit to the region last week. Last week in Davos, Trump threatened to halt U.S. financial aid to the Palestinian Authority unless it agreed to hold talks with Israel. We give them, the Palestinians, hundreds of millions of dollars in aid and support in tremendous numbers, numbers that nobody understands, Trump said. That money is on the table, and that money is not going to them unless they sit down and negotiate peace. Apparently that money's talking. Now, apparently the U.S. Uh, encouragement towards a peace plan is now being backed by the King of Jordan, who's told Lebanese Arabs they have got to surrender to Trump's minimalist peace plan. What's the latest on that story? Yeah, the Lebanese Prime Minister Saad Hariri uh, was disturbed with news from Jordanian King Abdullah, who warned him of the danger of resisting Trump's peace plan. The meeting between the King and the Prime Minister took place on the sidelines of the Davos, uh, Davos summit in Switzerland and could mean a black cloud for both countries. Attempts to deal with both the Syrian and Palestinian refugee crisis, quoting uh, Jordanian officials. In the meeting, Abdullah alerted Hariri to the danger of losing the Trump administration's funding for Palestinian refugee camps in both their countries, insisting that the president does not want to continue paying. For both Lebanon and Jordan, being able to fund the refugee population is a real problem as both host countries have been torn in the past by uprisings of what they call their Palestinian guests. Uh, it looks like uh, Trump's diplomacy is working. And let's finish on a bit of a high note here, Ron, because there's a praise report throughout Iran. Millions are watching Christian satellite TV, and in Iran, Christianity is growing faster than anywhere else in the whole world. Well, I thought of United Christian Broadcasters when I saw this story. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, how marvellous is it for us to have Christian TV and radio? Uh, but this may come as a surprise to many, but Christianity is growing faster in Iran than in any other country in the world. Imagine that. Tens of thousands in this overwhelmingly Muslim nation are abandoning that faith. Experts say the ongoing political crisis and economic challenges are fueling widespread anger against the regime. Iran's President Rouhani is promising to resolve the country's economic, social and political problems after days of protests gripped the Islamic nation last month. I want to promise our people that the economic, social and cultural conditions of the country, although there are problems, although the people haven't still achieved their dreams and demands, the government is capable of resolving the problems with the help of the people, Rouhani told Iran State TV media. He said, God willing, together we'll solve the problems step by step. At least 21 people died in clashes with police, and over a 1,000 were arrested after Iranians held demonstrations across the country. Mike Ansari uh, says political turmoil is creating unique opportunities to share the love of Christ. Many Iranian Christians have turned to us, asking what it is they need to do, Ansari wrote in an email. Ansari is the president of Heart for Iran Ministries, which describes...
describes itself as a non-political partnership of multinational organizations bringing some 86 different ministries together with the goal of serving and blessing the people of Iran. Praise God. Well, amazing things happen. His ways are higher than our ways, and we might not see sense in how this stuff happens, but isn't it good to hear such a great balance uh, for all the bad news, to hear a praise report in the good news that millions are watching Christian Satellite TV in Iran. Ron Ross, looking forward to some great reports through the year, and uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart and to share your latest research in those headlines with us today here on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.